Shalom Aleichem, Shavua Tov to all of you lovely listeners of this beautiful station, a station of Divrei Torah, Divrei Musar, Divrei Halacha, religious music. This is Rabbi Elvaz from SLC. I was on vacation and I came back just uh, this past week. Uh, I'm going to speak about yesterday's parasha, Bishalah. At the beginning of the parasha, it says, Vayikah Moshe et atzmot Yosef, Imo. Moshe Rabbeinu took the remains of Yosef Atzadik. Ki Ashbeha Ishbeha, Yosef Atzadik has actually made him swear that they're going to be taking the, the, his remains to Eretz Yisrael and buried him there. The Mechilta says the following. On this pasuk it says, Lehodia Hasiduto Vitzitkato Vehochmato Shil Moshe. This idea of Moshe Rabbeinu taking the coffin of Yosef Sadiq and carrying it, this is to let us know about the Hasidut, the piety, the Tzitkut, righteousness, and the Chokhmah, the wisdom of Moshe. Now, obviously, there's a, very, there's a question here. I, mean, I can understand that he did something which is hasidut, sitkut, okay, something that makes sense. Chokhmah. What kind of wisdom is in here that tells Moshe Rabbeinu to, uh, to carry the, uh, the coffin of Yosef HaTzadik? What, what chokhmah is here? Well, there are two, two, two answers to this. I'm going to go through both of them. <clears throat> In Masechet uh, Sota, it says over there, Tanura Banan, Hachamim learned, all the Bnei Israel, they were busy with the spoils from the sea. In other words, when the, uh, uh, all the uh, uh, army of Pharaoh were drowned, they, they they had a lot of uh, jewels and, and, and uh, pearls and all kinds of gold that they used to decorate their horses and their chariots with. And when they were drowned, all these things came ashore and the Vnei were taking them. And it was not uh, it was not something that was uh, so silly. It was, it was a big thing. In fact, they say that the spoils that they had from Bizatayam was even greater than what they took with them from the Egyptians. So while the Bnei Israel were busy, Moshe Rabbeinu was carrying the coffin of Yosef. Now, on this the Pasuk says, Lev hacham ikach mitzvot. The wise of heart, the person who has a wise heart, he takes the mitzvot. Now you might say, but the fact that the Bnei Israel were taking the spoils uh, from the Egyptians, this was a mitzvah also. Agalosh Baruch Hu told Moshe Rabbein, go tell them to take money from the Egyptians, silver, kerekesev, kerezahav, usmalot, take, take everything. They were doing a mitzvah also. And he was doing a mitzvah. But there's a big difference between the two. The Bnei Israel were doing a mitzvah 
in which they had their own benefit. They took money for themselves. They took a mitzvah for themselves. Moshe Rabbeinu did a mitzvah l'shem shamayim. The chokmah of Moshe Rabbeinu was, he could have also taken money, but he didn't. He wanted to do only a mitzvah l'shem shamayim. The big difference between a person doing a mitzvah where he gets paid for, or a mitzvah which is l'shem shamayim. I mean, for, for example, let's say a person has a, a minyan in his own, uh, his own home. And he wants to build up the minyan, so he's asking you to come in. And he said, listen, I have my own minyan, I'm sorry. Okay, I'm going to give you so much and so much per week, come pray with me. He comes and prays there, he gets paid for it. That's not the same as a person who goes on his own to a bit knesset, and prays for the sake of praying. Of course, he gets the mitzvah of the prayer because he was there. But it's not the same. Moshe Rabbeinu did everything in the Shem That was the chokmah that he had. Another thing is, what's the idea when it says, Ve'ikah Moshe et atzmot Yosef immo, with him. I mean, if you say, Ve'ikah Moshe et atzmot, he took the... <clears throat> the remains, he took it, obviously he took it with him. What does the emo mean? So the, this is to teach the Bnei Israel that the only thing that you take with you after 120 is the misfot. Yeah, you take your money, but that's not, that's not going to go with you. When a person, after 120, goes upstairs, all the wealth that he had is gone. The only thing that go with him are the mitzvot and ma'asim tovim. Moshe et atzmot Imo, with him. That's the only thing he's going to take with. You know, there were many, many kings. I'm talking about ancient history. Before they were buried, they gave instructions that they should take uh, lots of gold and silver and all gems and bury them with them. Why? Because they thought, hey, one day they're going to get up and they want to have their riches back. That's what they thought. That, I mean, that they were not so smart at the time. But these things don't help. It'll never help. Only That's the only thing that go with them. So, this is, uh, uh, this is what the Chokhmah of Moshe Rabbeinu. I, I heard once a, 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 little, a little story about uh, his two friends. One of them heard from his rabbi that if you want to become rich, Aser te Aser. Give Maaser. You give Maaser, give 10% of your income, and you don't have to worry about it. You're going to be rich. His friend went to his rabbi. And his rabbi said that he mentioned the Midrash that if you want to be rich, buy jewelry and, and, and beautiful garments for your wife. If you buy all kinds of things for your wife, you become rich. So one time, then after that, the, the two friends got together. And they were talking about this subject. And uh, the one 
whose rabbi told him to give 10% to the to tzedakah, he was a little upset. He says, what's going on? If it's, you know, I'd rather take the money and, and, and spend it on Julia for my wife. At least it stays, stays with us. So he went to his rabbi. He says, Rabbi, look, the, the, this rabbi says that uh, if I buy jewelry from my wife, I'm become rich. So why are you telling me I said they are saying give ten percent? That is a big difference. The jewelry that you buy doesn't go with you; it stays here. But the aser te aser, the ten percent that you give, which is maaser tzedakale ani, that goes with the person even after hundred twenty. There's a big difference there, whether it's just the Shem Shamayim or for your own benefit. Also, let's notice one thing. Interesting, this is just a, a, an addition to what we said now, that in general, Akadosh Baruch Hu is punishes a person midah keneged midah, measure for measure. A person does a sin a certain way, Hashem is going to punish him in that same manner. This way, the person would think for himself, why am I punished with this? Then he'll know, I did this and this and this sin, which is the same thing. Then, perhaps that way, he'll make teshuva. Now, Paron, he thought he was a smart person. He thought, you know what? Let's deal wisely with the people. What did he do? He said, okay, now if I take the Jewish babies and kill them with a sword, Hashem will kill me with a sword. If I put them on fire, Hashem will put me on fire. If I drown them, oh, Hashem cannot touch me. Why? Because Hashem had at one time promised He's not going to bring them a bull over the earth. And therefore, he thinks, and I, he thought, he'll be scot-free. But what he did not understand, the mistake that he made is, of course Hashem said he's not going to bring them a bull over the entire earth. Over, uh, however, if it is a small part of the earth, that's okay, that was not the, the promise. Or, he can take the people themselves and drown them, that's not part of the promise either. So what did he do? He thought it was smart. He took the babies and drowned them in the Nile. So it did. It somehow made them think that the, that the people run away and they're not going to give back the money any longer. So he pursued them. Why? In order to make sure that they drown in the water. He drowned the children of Israel. He's going to, his army is going to drown. But just as Akadosh Baruch Hu is uh, punishing Midah Keneged Midah, he also rewards people Midah Keneged Midah. See, Yaakov Avinu, when he passed away, who took care of his kebura? Who took care of his burial? The leader of the generation. Who was that? Yosef at Sadiq. He took care of Skevura. In turn, 
מידה כנגד מידה, who took care of the burial of יוסף הצדיק, the leader of the generation who was there, משה רבינו. And when משה רבינו passed away, who took care of him? הקדוש ברוך הוא himself. As he says, ויקבור אותו בגיא, הקדוש ברוך הוא. Again, the reward was מידה כנגד מידה. So here we see the חוכמה of משה רבינו, he did something where there is no self-benefit on it. Another pshat. Uh, now, you may ask the following question. How come Moshe Rabbeinu did not take anything from the spoils of the sea? Okay? It was also a mitzvah, right? To take. Well, you might answer what? Well, we have a, a, a general principle. Ha'osek mitzvah, patur mina mitzvah. A person who is busy doing a certain mitzvah, then he's exempt from doing another mitzvah. But that's only true if the two mitzvot cannot be done together. If there is a way that you can do two mitzvot together, then he's not exempt anymore. He's got to do both. And here, well, he could have carried uh, the, 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 the coffin of Yosef HaTzadik. At the same time, he could have taken some of the money also. He chose not to. But there's a chokhmah in there. Why? Here's what happened. In Masechet Sanhedrin, it says over there a little story about the Bnei Israel when they were in Egypt. Uh, as you know, Alexander the Great, which the Gemara calls Alexander Mukdon, Alexander of Macedonia, he conquered Egypt, uh, Israel, and he conquered uh, most of the Middle East. And the Egyptians at the time of Alexander the Great came to him to complain. They had a complaint against the Jews. What's the complaint? He says, look, it says in, the, in their Torah, Hashem natan et hena'am be'enim Yisra'im v'yashilum. HaGadosh Baruch Hu gave sympathy and charm or the blessed in the eyes of the Egyptians and they uh, gave over as a as a as, as a loan uh, the kelekesef silver kelezahav gold smalot garments and so on and so forth. He says he has six hundred thousand people that took this this and that, and he took dozens of donkeys. The midrash says ninety donkeys each one. He said we want all that back. We want it back. They took us. We are now the descendants of the Egyptians and we want it back. So Alexander tells the, the Jews, he says, okay. Answer them. Give an answer. The Hachamim were a little bit uh, 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 confused about what to do. Came a man by the name of Gebiha ben Pasisa. That's what the, the Gemara says. And a Jewish, of course, Jewish man. And he told the Hachamim, you know what? Give me permission. I would go and I would, uh, I would give him an answer. Now, if I win, then everybody will know Torah Moshe Rabbeinu is great and true. If I lose, you can go to them and say, hey, this guy is just a layman. He doesn't know what he's talking about. We'll give you... He will give you an answer. Today, you're right. Go right ahead. 
What did he say? He asked them, where is your proof from? So they say, well, our proof is from the Torah. As it says, they gave him everything. Oh, your proof is from the Torah? Well, I'm going to prove to you also from the Torah. What does it say in the Torah? It says, O Moshav Bene Israel, Asher Yashivu Bemisraim, Shiloshim Shana Vearba Meot Shana. The Bene Israel were there 430 years. There were slaves, 600,000 were working as slaves. Give us the Sakhar. Give us the salaries for the work of 600,000 people for so many years. And we'll give, from that we'll give you, we'll pay you back whatever they took. So Alexander turns to them. says, give them an answer. They say, well, give us a few days. Give us three days. After three days, they didn't know what to say, what to answer. They ran away. And the Gemara added that this was a, uh, a Shemitah year. And uh, they left their fields all, you know, with, with the fruits and with the vegetables, with everything. They ran away. It was a bonanza for the Bnei Israel because it was a Shemitah year. So in Eretz Israel, they could not um, uh, plant anything. So this was like a, a great thing for them. What do we see from here? That the ta'ana, the complaint that the Egyptians had was that, hey, they uh, they took our they took our money, they took our money, right? That was how they. Moshe Rabbeinu, his chokmah is he knew that sometime, somehow in the future, people might. Uh, accused the Bnei Israel of taking their money. So he said to himself, I'm not going to take anything. Because if I take something, if I take 90 donkeys or 40 donkeys or even 10 donkeys laden with gold and silver, they might come and say, oh, Moshe Rabbeinu did not work. Okay, you have a ta'ana for the Bnei Israel. They were working. So we have to be fine. But Moshe Rabbeinu never worked. He was a prince. Then he ran away. It came back, it was 80 years old, at the time he didn't work, he didn't do anything. Him, how come he took? Ah, so Moshe Rabbeinu, his chokmah is, I'm not going to take anything. This way there won't be any uh, accusations later on. It's a very interesting thing to show the chokmah. Moshe Rabbeinu knew what he was doing at the time. Now, we learn from here a very great message, and that is a person, when he wants to do a mitzvah, it is best to do the mitzvah, the Shem Shamayim. The Shem Shamayim. And interestingly enough, in this parasha, Akadosh Baruch Hu tells us about something, a reward of following Akadosh Baruch Hu straightforwardly. And to the T. It says, Vayomer, Im shamua tishma lekol Hashem elokecha. Here, this pasuk details four levels of doing the mitzvot, performing the mitzvot properly. 
First, im shamuatishma. What does that mean if you hear? Hear. Everybody has an ear to hear. No. Rashi says, Kabbalah, you accept. You hear the mitzvot, you accept them in your heart and your mind. Then, and you do, actually. You do, you perform the mitzvot. First you accept, next up you do. And then you really hear the dikdukim, as she says. You hear the, the, the details and, and the particulars of mitzvah. That you should do. And next, the hukim. The hukim are those mitzvot that have no logic whatsoever. You cannot rationalize them. Something like paraduma, uh, the red haifa, or ma'achalot asurot, you know, forbidden foods, sha'atnez, you know, with wool and linen and wool together. All these things are hukim. And you still accept all these things, he says. Then, all these, the sicknesses, the illnesses that Hakadosh Baruch Hu brought upon Mitzrayim, he says, I shall never bring bring those on you. I am Hashem, your healer. Now there is a. Two questions here. Question number one. He says, All those illnesses that Akarishbao brought upon the Egyptians. What about other illnesses? What about typhus, malaria, cancer? These things were not brought on the Egyptians. So what does that mean? Only those? Is that is that what it means? Only those? The answer is no. Because they were in Mitzrayim at the time. So, Akadosh it said about the Mahalot of Mitzrayim. However, if you go to Parashat Ekev, over there it says, Vehaya Ekev Tishmeun. If you actually listen to the voice of Hashem and you do His Mitzvot, it says, Kol Holy. Bechol Matvei Mitzrayim Araim. Over there it's not only the, the, the illnesses of Mitzrayim. It says, No. Call holy any other sickness Akadosh Baruch will remove from us. So that's the idea here is that it's not only that but everything. Fine. But the next question is quite subtle. It says, I will not bring upon you any any uh, any sicknesses. Fine. But then it says, Because I am God, your healer. What do we need a healer for? What do we need a doctor for? If Hashem is not going to bring any illnesses at all, then I don't need a doctor altogether. What does that mean, Ki Ani Hashem? Because I am Hashem, your healer. I don't need a healer. If we follow everything that Hashem says, I said, He's not going to bring any mahalot. Therefore, I don't need a doctor. So what does that mean, Ki Ani Hashem Rafecha? How do we explain that? Now, we can explain like this. You see, Akadosh Baruch Hu sometimes brings mahalot, illnesses on a person, only for punishment purposes, like those in Mitzrayim. Those in Mitzrayim were only for the punish the Mitzrayim. Sometimes Akadosh Baruch Hu brings certain things on a on human being because he wants to redress him. 
He wants him to get to get back in the right foot. He went astray. Now come back to the right path. Sometimes he does that. Like it says, Kika Asher Yiyaser Av Edbeno. Just like a father punishes his son. He doesn't punish his son because he want to. Uh, he just want to hurt him. No, he's doing it because he wants him to come back to the right path. Hashem Elokecha Measer Gashwar who does the same thing. So here it's not for, it's, not, it's not punitive purposes. Now, how do we explain Kiani Hashem Rofecha? Like this, there was a, a, a story about the Rambam Alav Shalom. The Rambam not only was a great scholar, a great philosopher, he was also a great physician. He was so good that the Sultan of Egypt wanted him to be his private doctor. The Sultan of Egypt, he wanted him to be his private doctor. So what happened after that? After a while, after a number of years, the other doctors, the Goyim, they, uh, you know, they, they went over, they, 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 they were jealous. They went to the king, uh, they said, excuse me, uh, you know, uh, your majesty, look, the, uh, why you take the Rambam? For the, the, the last five, six years that he was here, you were never sick. How, how do we know that if you, if, you, if you become sick, that he would know what to do? How do we know that? So the the king, you know, figured, well, that, that that that's a legitimate question. So he called on the Rambam. He says, "This is now what our my doctors are complaining about. How do I know you're a good doctor? The last uh, number of years, you know, I was never sick." So he says to him, "That's right, Your Majesty. You know why you were never sick." Because I've been advising you the right way, what foods to eat, what foods not to eat, exercises that you should do, uh, how, how much sleep you should have. I've been telling you the diet you should follow. I've been telling you exactly what to do in order not to get sick in the first place, he says. That's the best doctor. The best doctor is the one that prevents the sickness from coming altogether. If it comes, then you have to go ahead and start healing it. But prevention is the best medicine. Now, that's what we mean by this pasuk. When he says, all the illnesses I will not bring upon you. You know why? Because I, Hashem, am the great healer. I know how to prevent them from coming in the first place. That's what it meant. That's what is meant by Kiania Hashem I can prevent them, and prevention is the best. So this is a it's a nice chat in order to understand Kiania Hashem. Otherwise, it's a question. You're saying, okay, you know, I'm not going to bring you sickness, but because I'm I'm your doctor. But if there is no sicknesses, then then I don't need a doctor. He says, no, this is not a question of that. It's a question of preventing them in the first place. I Hashem, the greatest healer there is. I'll make sure they don't come upon you altogether. That's the pshat. So, we do learn from here, Abutai, that uh, if we do follow the precepts of HaKadosh Baruch Hu properly uh, and do them the Shem Shamayim, then HaKadosh Baruch Hu will reward us properly 
also. And uh, this is a great lesson, uh, and uh, we should really follow it at all times. And Be'ezat Hashem, if we concentrate on doing this mitzvot, always L'Shem Shamayim, HaKadosh Baruch Hu will bring us our Mashiach Shitkenu Amek Yerashon. And uh, I just want to let you know again that uh, this great station here, which broadcasts only Torah, needs help. It, it stays here only because of your contributions. Otherwise, it cannot exist. And we must help it to stay alive. Also, if you happen to have a, a simha, uh, please look us up at SLC. We have a, a beautiful social hall. Any simha, whether it's a bar mitzvah, a brit milah, a wedding, what have you, please to accommodate you. Shavua Tov, Tiskuna Misvot.